Good morning and welcome to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I'm chatting with local photographer, artist, and owner of the new pop-up shop, Edison Hills, Abby Whedon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Your pop-up shop, Edison Hills. What exactly is a pop-up shop? So a pop-up shop is a retail concept that is short-term. So I have a short lease that's just going to run through the summer, and it's kind of an experiment to see what people gravitate towards and to see what I want to offer the community as far as my retail space. Yes. Over the past few years, pop-up shops have really been gaining popularity, and they seem to be a great tool for artists and craft makers to sell and showcase their items without committing to a store permanently. Yeah, that's definitely true. And sometimes pop-up shops can be a single-day event hosted by another venue or another business as a way for small makers and artists to bring their merchandise to people in a physical way rather than just online. So I've had many, many single-day pop-up shops um, in D.C., Nashville, and Cookville. But I've been wanting to open a retail space, like a full-term, like, you know, permanent location. Um, it's still a little bit of ways, probably 2024. But I had the opportunity to open my pop-up shop because the space was just kind of handed to me by circumstance. Um, and my father-in-law was like, can you use this space? And I said, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's how I got here for me to open this little shop this summer. So where is Edison Hills located? It's at 612 Hughes Street. So it's kind of between Jackson Plaza, um, between Jackson Plaza and Willow. And it's very cute, I must say. <laughs> I got to go last weekend. It's so colorful and rich. What is your style? Eclectic, vintage, high saturation, um, I definitely like to mix materials, mediums, and eras, um, and that's across everything I do within my home, my clothing, the jewelry that I make. Yeah, just kind of just kind of an open world of materials and colors, and I don't limit myself <laughs> to anything pretty much. What can people find at Edison Hills? So one of the primary things that I wanted to have in the shop is a rainbow collection of vintage glassware from the 20s onwards. So that was where it kind of started. And then as I began curating things for the shop, I had this idea to decorate a full tablescape. So we have plates, we have dish, you know, we have a variety of dishes, candlesticks, table runners, just general linens. And I wanted to set up these tablescapes so that people could see these items in context, because a lot of the stuff can look old school, it can look grandmotherly. When you see it you know, in a thrift store, in an estate sale, in an older person's house, you know, it can not look contemporary. But if you pair it with modern features, you can just bring it back to life. And a lot of modern stores are also replicating those styles like anthropology, you know, they're carrying lines that are basically recreating the vintage styles. So I really wanted to carry home goods to make them accessible to people who do not know how to source vintage, basically. Um, and of course, my earrings were first. Edison Hills was first my earring line, and I was selling them for several years under that name. And I've always wanted to open a retail spot, so it just kind of turned into Edison Hills New and Old. So it's a mixture of modern merchandise, handmade merchandise, and the vintage. Where does the name Edison Hills come from? 
People love to ask me this question, and I don't have a good answer. <laughs> I just pulled it from the ether. It just it just came to me. I wanted a name that meant nothing. I did not um, want adjectives, you know, just for the the vibe I was going for. I just wanted a name for my line of jewelry that wasn't my own name. And yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't even know where I was when I thought of it. But that's what I went with. And I still like it. And it's been about four years I've been working with that name now. Your line of jewelry, your earrings, they're fun statement pieces. And I can see how they ended up launching a thousand ships with Edison Hills. What are your earrings made of? I work with polymer clay, so it's super lightweight and it comes in a huge variety of colors that you can also blend and mix like paint. So it's basically unlimited. And because it is so lightweight, you can make them be giant statement earrings. They will not tug on your ears and cause pain. In fact, even when I'm wearing my largest ones, sometimes I don't even remember I have them on. Um, so it's a great, it's a great medium to work with for earrings. And I've always been an earring girly way before I was making it. I've always, that's been my preferred jewelry because uh, they're out of the way. What inspired you to make earrings? I did a lot of clay classes at the Appalachian Center for Craft. Um, my degree at tech was in design, but every other free art hour was in ceramics. And I loved traditional ceramics. I do love traditional ceramics. However, it is a very hefty hobby or you know venture to have because you have to buy so many things and it's you have to have so much space and when I graduated from tech I just kind of naturally leaned into polymer clay because you know it's similar in a little bit <laughs> but I could do it at home and like I said I'm an earring girly so I just wanted to make things that I would wear and then I just started cranking them out and here I am four years later and I'm still making them so <laughs> What does getting a degree in design entail? So the design program at Tech, I actually was in the first graduating class from the design program the first year it was offered. So we worked with most of, you know, most of the Adobe programs, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign. Um, and we did a bunch of different focuses. A lot of it was very business heavy, branding, logo, um, that sort of design, which Today, I don't necessarily call myself a graphic designer. I kind of lean more into just general artists because I work with so many things. Um, but I definitely learned how to use the programs like back and forth. And I use that every day pretty much um, in my work. Although I do not really offer, you know, brand design and stuff. But I take care of myself. <laughs> Were you studying art a lot in high school? Uh, yeah, I have been studying arts <laughs> since I could pick up a crayon. Basically, you can ask anyone in my family. It's It's been a constant since my whole life. <laughs> Was there ever a career you were dead set on or did you always know that you would dabble in many mediums? So photography came to me first as a most significant, you know, path forward. I started learning photography when I was about 12. And I like to tell people that I picked up a camera, like some people pick up a guitar, where it just was fascinating. It was available. It was, you know, at the time affordable because I just had the one camera. Um, and I just every moment of my life was documented from then on. I have every moment of my life photographed from age 12 to 28. <laughs> Do you just have huge hard drives full of everything? <laughs> I have probably 40 terabytes of 
photos. Yeah. I actually just bought a new hard drive. And I'm sure you will fill it up in no time. How would you define your photography style? Or what type of photography mm-hmm. do you do? So I have done a lot of things. I've done families, babies, seniors, weddings. You know, I've done, I've tried it all. Um, what I offer now are bespoke weddings. So I do limited weddings every year, um, usually around five or six. And then brand development and fine art portraits of artists and musicians is where I have really honed in on. What does bespoke mean? Uh, it kind of just means a lot of detail, um, a little bit away from the mainstream. Um, I think that that word can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but basically when I say that, I mean, I want like high detail weddings, um, a lot of thought put into the decor, the design, the location, you know, everything is highly curated. That's what I'm searching for, for my dream client. And how do people find you? Are they mainly finding you online, word of mouth, or do complete strangers? I have been almost fully sustained on referral and word of mouth since 2012. (laughs) So it is definitely, I get my work because I am very lucky to have amazing clients who refer me. And I do have an online presence and there are people who are like, I saw you here, I saw this there. And that's definitely where some people come from, but the vast majority were sent to me by previous clients. And I'm just so grateful for that because that means I just have great clients. I've just had just so such good luck with the people I've worked with over the years. And it means not only are you delivering great work, you're great to work with because a photographer, you have to have an emotional connection and match the energy of your client, right? And bring things out in them. Yes, and I do think that that's true because and I think it's true that people like to work with me because a lot of times people walk into portrait sessions, especially if it's a family or engagement or wedding, somebody that is not photographed for their job, basically, can be very nervous for their photo shoots. And most people leave their photo shoots telling me it was not like what they thought it would be and that they actually had fun. So I think that... Yeah, I think people, I'm able to create a relationship with my clients, or at least I try really hard to, (laughs) where they feel comfortable and like they're having fun and like I'm going to show the best side of them. And um, I don't know, I think it's worked out pretty well. So, (laughs) Yeah, how do you make people feel natural? We do a lot of movement-based poses. Uh, Whenever somebody gets their photos taken a lot, they can be physically posed and staged more easily you know, easily. But if it's just regular people like myself (laughs) and almost all of my clients who, like I said, engagement, families, weddings, it's just a lot of movement. We do a lot of, it's not really poses, it's direction. So let's move from here, do this, you know, hold on here, jump here. And people end up laughing, which is what I want (laughs) because then they'll smile. And I, I really try to never return a gallery with like a cheese smile. That's, nobody wants that. They Especially don't. not these days. They and I look, don't want that. <laughs> they want to look like themselves and organic because yeah. rarely are we actually cheesing. Yeah, nobody likes those pictures of themselves. No. It's, it, you just send those to grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually call those uh, pictures fridge pictures. So if they, you know, because I do a lot of dynamic posing with a lot of movement, um, Sometimes, you know, we'll go a little bit without like a picture where it's clear of everyone's face. And so I'll be like, okay, everybody stand up straight, shoulder straight, look at me. 
Everyone, give me a big smile. Okay, that's the fridge picture for your grandma who said, I just want a nice picture of your face. (laughs) Well, you'll make it work if they need it. More with Abby Whedon right after the break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with local photographer, artist, and owner of the brand new pop-up shop, Edison Hills in Cookville, Abby Whedon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Abby, you do several mediums. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Photography, clay, what else? Quilting is a hobby. I do not sell my quilts, but I like to make them. Um, I really work with a lot of mediums and not all of them make their way to a consumer necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I like embroidery. I like watercolors. I'm learning stained glass currently. I mean, it's, it's very broad. I like, I just like to try things out and, you know, I'm compelled to make things pretty much at all times. (laughs) Which is a blessing and a curse because you're a full-time freelance artist, a professional. Yes. That means there's no nine to five for you, right? It never ends. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, but do you feel like it's the choice for you? I could <laughs> never go back to standard work hours. It is true. If you find something you love, then you work every day of your life or whatever that quote is. Yeah. Um, and I have definitely had periods of my life where I have worked every waking hour, basically, and I have missed out on a lot of my life and a lot of my family and friends. But I put in a lot of basically self policies in the past couple of years to prohibit that. And my work life balance today is, I mean, it's golden. Like I am, I feel like I can genuinely enjoy my life because I know that when I'm working, I'm working at a hundred percent and I'm like working hard to achieve my own goals. And when I'm not working, I can actually unplug. I could not say that for the first many years, um, especially because I was working, I was working and I was a student. So I was fully tapped. But now I definitely am able to balance the work and my life. So what are some of these uh, policies if they're not too personal? Yeah, so I give myself one of my weekend dates a weekend. So I, because I'm a photographer, I have to work a lot of weekends. Uh, I have to work, you know, weddings, fall and weekends, families, events. If I'm working a wedding on a Saturday, I'm off on Sunday. If I've got a handful of sessions on Sunday, I'm off on Saturday. I used to just fall for the trap of booking as much work as I could because, of course, it pays, you know, like it's uh, there's work there and I used to take it every opportunity. And then I might go 
I don't know, eight or 10 weekends in a row without a weekend off. So I was missing everything, birthday parties, baby showers, art fairs, shows. I just didn't go to them. And I had to stop doing that. So yeah, at, at the most, I work four weekend dates a month. And that's even kind of a stretch. I still do try to take two full weekends a month off, but it depends on the season. That's good because you need energy to be creative. It's going to drain your artist, which is your livelihood at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like a constant cycle. Yeah. The other thing is that I am an a true night owl. I get a huge surge of creative energy between 7 p.m. and midnight. And I used to edit my pictures until two or three in the morning routinely. And then I would sleep late and everything was all thrown off. Like the schedule was just crazy. And again, that led to me missing things because I would be sleeping because I stayed up till 3 a.m. editing. And I did that for like two or three years probably. I now have standard work hours. I work from 10 to 5 at home um, when I'm working on my photo work, when I'm editing. And I stop work. I will stop in the middle of what I'm doing at the end of the day. And I did not do that in the past. I would be like, well, I'll stop when I finish this wedding seven hours later, you know, and I don't do that anymore. So that's another huge thing is that I have a very strict start and stop schedule for my um, work from home time. And that's that's so hard, especially when your passion and your hobby is also your livelihood. It can be so rewarding, yet so difficult at the same time. Yeah, and that is why a lot of my hobbies I do not sell at all. <laughs> like the quilting. I, yeah, like quilting. I need to be able to enjoy it and not feel any kind of rush or basically put any value on what I'm doing other than my own, you know, inherent value in completing the task. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have some hobbies that are just for me. But the show that I'm doing at the Silver Fern is actually going to incorporate some quilting. Ooh, tell us about this show at the Silver Fern. Very exciting. Yeah, so I'm going to have a show there uh, from mid-end of July through mid-end of August. And they were very, Brandy and Bree were very open about whatever I wanted to bring because I'm a mixed media artist. I didn't even really give them a concept. I was just like, I want to do, I want to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to get something together. And so I then thought about it for the past 10 months because I've had it booked for a year <laughs> and I finally really honed in on what I wanted to do recently, which is I am going to be doing basically an observation on heirloom items. So the relationship between heirloom items that take a thousand hours to create like a quilt and get passed down from family to family and then the heirloom quality of photos that are more in essence and happen instantaneously so a true candid photo that then just becomes part of the family lore and so I will be quilting and embroidering directly on my photos I didn't even know that was possible. Well, I just learned that I can get photos printed on unstretched canvas. So now I know. What is that process like? I printed it through a manufacturer, but I will be getting the printed canvas and fabric and then quilting and embroidering my photos. Are shows a good way for you to flex a muscle? This is my first show in 10 years. Whoa. So, yes. <laughs> because at this point, I feel ready to display 
some of the work I've been leaning into in the past 10 years, basically. So the first show I did was also here in Cookville when I was a high school student. And it was at the corner coffee shop that was in the Maddox building. It's where Tennessee Legend is now. I remember that. So I had a photo show there just because I was friends with the owner and she was like, yeah, put your stuff up. And I did. And it was awesome. But it's been that long since I've done it. So for a solo show, I've submitted things too. Like I did the tiny show last year at the Silver Fern. The Silver Fern in Cookville, they always have fun exhibits, receptions, you name it. They're supporting local artists, which is great. Yeah, it's it's such a great staple that we have in Cookville now. I think that that actually helped me a lot when I moved back from Nashville was that they were here and that I could feel more connected to a creative community. And it helped me, you know, meet other people in the area who are also working as artists. There are so many artists here in the Upper Cumberland, and what's great is that they stick together. They've created these great artistic communities like Art Round Tennessee. Have you been involved with these artistic networks? I have, and I'm also disappointed that I wasn't part of it before I left Cookville the first time. So I graduated high school in 2013, and then I went to tech for three years, and then I or three and a half years, and then I moved to Nashville. And I did not feel plugged into the creative community at that time, even though the Appalachian Center for Craft is right here. And I did participate in Art Prowl. I just did not have my own interpersonal connections with other artists here. And I went and did, you know, Nashville and D.C. and then Nashville and then back. And now I can't believe then I was here the whole time, but I just was not a part of it, basically. I do think it has grown a lot in the past 10 years, for sure. But, it has. But I definitely think they were still here then, too. And I just <laughs> wasn't I just wasn't plugged in. And I also was, you know, I was 18. So I only knew my art teachers. Yeah. We're a little more naive. Than, <laughs> it's hard to be brave sometimes when you're 18. Yeah. <laughs> more with Abby Whedon right Welcome after the break. Welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with local photographer, artist, and owner of the brand new pop-up shop Edison Hills in Cookville. Abby Whedon is joining us today. Hi. Thanks for having me. Abby, you're from here. Yes. So you went to tech. Yep. And then you moved away. I did. Where'd you go? I went to Nashville. Okay. For three years. And then I went to D.C. for a year. And then I went back to Nashville for a year. And now I'm here. <laughs> so when did you move back to Cookville? A little over a year ago. And what was coming back to Cookville as an adult like? It was harder thinking about it than it actually was. I definitely wasn't sure that I was ready to come back to my hometown. But that's just the way that things played out. And it made sense. And I was kind of petrified about it. But I got back and then it actually was way better than I thought it would be. And I just like immediately got to work because in Nashville and D.C., I just spent so much time hustling, trying to generate leads for work. And that is very exhausting. In fact, I think that's the hardest part about being a small business owner is generating work for yourself. Um, And I came back to Nashville and I was like, or I came back to Cookville and I was like, ding, here's a job, here's a job. And so I have just been pretty busy since I came back. So that's been great. Yeah, you're thriving. I'm trying. (laughs) In a very short amount of time, you're booked for photography, you have your earrings line, you have your current exhibit at the Silver Fern, and you have Edison Hills, your new pop-up shop. 
where do you source the items that you sell at Edison Hills? Because they're vintage. So my favorite way to source are estate sales. I love estate sales. I want to go dig through recently deceased people's basements. That is my dream. And I do it for everybody now (laughs) because I was going for myself collecting um, items for myself for the past several years. Uh, And now I get to source things for other people as well. And I also I do source from pretty much anywhere, though, like auctions, um, classifieds, like online classifieds and then any thrift store or junk store that I can go, you know, search through a bunch of junk for. <laughs> Are you finding things at every single estate sale or is it very boom and bust? It, it is pretty boom or bust. Yeah, I would say that when I find an estate sale that is carrying the items that I'm looking for and is priced where I'm able to acquire things, I will walk out with bags and bags of stuff. And then sometimes I'll walk into an estate sale and I'll just like immediately turn around. <laughs> um, and when I have a big estate sale day, I'm hitting anywhere from five to ten. So it's just like a big road trip day. And there's never that many in Cookville at one time. Cookville has like one to three estate sales a, a weekend, I, f- I feel like. Um, but we'll go into Nashville or other communities and hit a whole bunch of them at once. Caroline Moore, joined by local photographer, artist, and owner of the new pop-up shop Edison Hills in Cookville, Abby Whedon. Abby, at your store, people can find many vintage items. They have a story. Somebody has owned them. Yes. And I actually have had some friends of mine make comments about how estate sales kind of bum them out, you know, because a lot of times it is because people have recently passed away or because they've moved into assisted living or, you know, whatever um, situation it is. But I really I get why people say that. However, I feel very differently about it because I love to buy old crafty ladies sewing equipment and unfinished projects and art supplies. And I just, when I have so many materials at home that came from generations of artists and crafters above me, I feel like I'm giving life back to things. And I feel like that they would be happy. I mean, I would hope they would be happy to know that their materials ended up in the hands of another crafter or artist. And the same thing with their possessions as well, as far as like home decor. I, you know, a yard sale and a thrift store are things that people want to get give away, but an estate sale are things people held on to for their entire life. So it's their favorite stuff. And their families will come in and take what they, what they want and take what they can use. But I love looking through people's stuff because you really get a glimpse at their life and what they're interested in. And then I love being able to bring those things out of there and into into modern context and available for people to continue to reuse. And often those items are much better quality than what's being made today. Yeah, absolutely. Just making sure that it gets put to use and continues its life especially things that people picked out with care or they were given as like a wedding gift or something. Those things, instead of ending up, you know, who knows where, like a landfill, storage, we can just get it back into the homes of people and continue to have it be Mm -hmm. used and appreciated. And they can see how you have curated these items at your shop at Edison Hills because you're taking a mixture of all sorts of different items from different estate sales and putting them together and creating an entirely new style and look with different decades represented. 
Yeah, I think that a lot of people that like vintage goods but don't necessarily like to search for vintage goods cannot isolate the single item among the things that are not as um, desirable, I guess. But if you just remove them and then put them with other pretty things, then people <laughs> yeah. are like, ooh, yeah, wait, I like that. <laughs> That's texture. It's cool. And same yeah. thing with the clothes. You mentioned that hopefully one day you'll have a permanent store. What would that look like for you? Yeah, so I have big dreams of opening a relatively big space that would house my store, so Edison Hills New and Old, and then a classroom for my workshops and my photo studio. So I want to get a spot to have all of my endeavors under one roof. And it's got to have good light. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good light, or I got to be able to install like a garage door or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned workshops you teach as well. What all do you teach? I do. My workshops right now are specifically earring workshops with Palmer Clay. And I offer those once a month at the Storyteller House for the Arts. Um, So I still have tickets available for those this summer if anybody wants to come try it out. Oh, that'll be fun. And and Storyteller is by Irrationale. It is, it's in yeah. in that big white building. Mm-hmm. Say someone is interested in coming to your class, but they have no experience. Can they still sign up? Yes, this class is absolutely designed for beginners. In fact, if you are over the age of 10, you can do it. <laughs> and I had to put that, that age on there because I had some people asking, but the only reason it's 10 and not younger is because you have to use an X-Acto knife. <laughs> So got to be careful. Sharp objects. Yeah. Blades. Yeah. Cut away. Abby, you're a woman of many trades. You do many different types of art. What ultimately motivates you? I think that there's kind of a couple motivations. One is that I like making things. I like photographing things. I like creating. And then I also really like people. So teaching workshops, photographing people, and then having a little shop where people get to come in and talk to me. These are all things that I pursue. (laughs) Caroline Moore, joined by local photographer, artist, and owner of the new pop-up shop, Edison Hills, Abby Whedon. Abby, what is inspiring you lately? I mean, just preparing for this Silver Fern show has got me really excited because I didn't know which direction I wanted to go with the show because my photography has gone in a lot of directions. And do I want to show off my favorite client work? Do I want to show off like, you know, just the very visually stunning images and or what what direction did I want to go with that? And then once I really honed in on the message that I want to bring forward with my show, then I was able to really like distill my images down to a certain type of storytelling and just looking at them just on the, in a folder on my computer is just getting me so excited. And, um, I think just photographing people in, in like a very real way that becomes, that gives that photo a lot of value immediately is, I mean, that's been driving me since I started, basically, since I was 12. That's what I've wanted. That's what I'm trying to do is take real photos, you know. And so this show is allowing me to really put that in front of people and put it into the world and be able to observe it. So that's what's exciting me lately. Out of all that you've done, what are you most proud of? I feel like the fact that I even have this pop-up shop is makes me very proud because I have always wanted 
to do that. But because I have spent so much of my life focusing on photography, it did kind of feel like, well, how am I going to do that? Or, you know, how do I combine all of these different interests and things in my life into like one concept? So I think that seeing it and it being a physical place I can go makes just makes me feel incredibly proud and like, wow, I really was able to pull that together. And I'm just, it makes me very excited for a bigger, better location in the future as well. And y'all poured a lot into this. Y'all basically built the pop-up shop, you know, internally. The building yeah. was there, but you were putting on new walls and painting everything. Yeah, we did. My fiance and I have renovated our entire house and this past year. And then my family has renovated every house we've ever lived in. In fact, my parents are still working on theirs and it has to be done before our wedding in September. So get on it (laughs) yeah so moving into um this retail spot it needed a refresh desperately in that it did not have walls um i mean when i say that i mean there were cinder blocks cinder block walls with every other surface that's ever been applied to it stuck to it so we yeah we covered the walls we built a changing room we cleaned it really good you know all of this and it looks like a completely different space now so and it makes it just makes me so excited for the future space when i can really really design it and curate it well i can't wait to see what you do next or really what you're doing every single day since (laughs) you got about five things going at all times it's a little out of control (laughs) well remind everybody where they can follow you online Yes, um, please follow my photography, Abby Whedon, which is just A-B-B-Y-W-E-E-D-E-N. And then you can follow along with Edison Hills at E-D-I-S-O-N-H-I-L-L-S. Yeah, those are the two ones. You should do those too. Yeah. Yes, I follow both accounts and I can say from personal experience, it's awesome to look at all your beautiful photos and to see what you're working on, including your new exhibit heirloom. This is at the Silver Fern, 145 East Spring Street, Cookville. It's not too far from the square. I can't wait to see it. Abby Whedon, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Caroline Moore for Local Matters.